Have you heard the old saying, don't judge a book by its cover? But that's what people do, right? We judge everything by outward appearances. In my experience, a great album cover can make or break the decision on whether I buy an album. So go on a journey with me as we look at some great album cover designs and talk about why I believe that you need a personal designer for your album artwork. This is Judged by the Cover. Guess who's back? Back, back, back again. (laughs) Uh, Welcome back to the Judged by the Cover podcast. After what seems like an eternity... I am back to bring you examples of great album cover design and some fun behind-the-scenes knowledge that I find along the way. I will also be continuing our near-miss segment at the end of the show to discuss some unfortunate cover art design as well. You will notice that there is a slight format change. There will be no video at this time, and to be quite transparent with you guys, it was very time-consuming, and the stress added didn't let me fully focus on bringing you quality content. You will still be able to get this in audio format on all your favorite podcast platforms, and the digital content will be on my website under the notes tab, jwcreates.com slash notes. I will also make sure to tag the link to the digital content in the show notes as well. As always, make sure to hit the like and subscribe buttons, and if you love the show, please leave me a review, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. So today, I'm focusing on a band that is credited with putting band logos on the map. That's right. Taking a page out of the business world, this band found a way to bring the same kind of thinking into the music industry and establish their identity around a really neat logo. This logo served as the band's chief visual icon from their second album onward, as it was one of the main subjects of every subsequent album cover, except the 15th album. The series of album covers in their catalog has been recognized as works of art in their own right and was described by Paul Nini of the American Institute of Graphic Art as a real landmark in record cover design. If you can't guess from those clues, that's okay. The band that we are talking about today is Chicago. Between the band and their designers, John Berg and Nick Fasciano, they have put on a master class on how you can take a great logo and make multiple album covers out of it. On today's episode, we're not focusing on just one cover, but I will show you how they cleverly work this logo into almost all of their album covers. The band Chicago actually started out in 1968 as the Chicago Transit Authority, and a year later in 1969, they shortened the name to just Chicago. The band, in one form or another, is still together today, performing shows, and at this point, they have released 38 albums. Man, that's a ton of music. I didn't really dive deep into the band or its history too far because what I really want to talk about is this logo. The Chicago logo was designed by John Berg, who at the time had a very successful career as the art director of Columbia slash CBS Records. He was responsible for designing more than 5,000 album covers during his tenure. He was recognized with four Grammy Awards and 29 Grammy nominations as well as design awards from the AIGA, the Professional Association for Design, the Art Directors Club, and the Society of Illustrators. Um, There was also uh, an exhibit called John Berg Album Covers from 61 to 85 that was uh, at the Guild Hall in East Hampton in 2012. That's pretty cool. The logo was brought to life by the graphic artist Nick Fasciano, Berg said that the logo was fashioned from a sketch with the original inspiration coming from the Coca-Cola logo 
and the attitude of the city the band was named after, Chicago. The desire for creating a logo was to visually transcend the individual identities of the band members and reinforce that it was about the group as a whole. If you haven't seen the Chicago logo, all you have to do is thank Coca-Cola with its rounded, swoopy letters, only it's spelling out Chicago. I love that the C wraps around the top of the H and incorporates into the dot for the letter I. Uh, it also has just this simple inner stroke that adds some depth to the name. The logo itself is pretty simple, but the real magic is how they transformed it for each individual album cover. Now, I'm not going to talk about all 38 of their album covers, but I do want to talk about a couple of my favorites. So the first album cover that I'm going to talk about is Chicago 14, The Thumbprint. So the thumbprint, as I'm going to call it, is easily one of my favorite uses of the Chicago logo. It's simply a white background with a black thumbprint, and the Chicago logo is embedded into it. To me, this is one of those instances of designer envy and that I wish I would have been the one to have thought of this first. It's so simple and subtle, but very powerful. As I stated earlier, their identity is of a band as a whole, and to me, the album cover just reinforces that idea. John Berg was nominated for a Grammy Award for this album cover, and it's currently in the permanent collection at the Museum of Modern Art in New York City. Unfortunately, this album was a flop and was one of the reasons why Chicago got dropped from Columbia Records. At least, the album cover design is pretty awesome. Uh, also, one small detail you may not notice is that these albums, they don't have names. They go by the number of order in which they came out or by the imagery. Next is the high-rise building, Chicago 13. The logo is merged with the Marina City apartment buildings. The Marina City buildings were a pretty ambitious project, and it was technically two buildings, um, and they have a lot of architectural detail to them, and uh, was a really cool project because it was also supposed to be like a city like within the buildings. So. Go check that out. That's the Marina City apartment buildings. Uh, it's a top-down view of the building at night, so you can see the lights from the cars driving past, um, as well as light from the other buildings. The coloring of this image is very monochromatic. It's gray tones with this gold color on the logo, also kind of incorporated into the lights as well. I tried to get a little bit more detail on how the artist created this cover, but... Honestly, there's just not a lot out there. When you mix the detail, the, the logo merged in with the buildings and this awesome monochromatic color scheme, it's a really exciting piece. Living in the age of Photoshop and digital creation tools, I'm still in awe of this design. How were they able to create this in 1979 just blows my mind and shows the creative talent of John Berg and Nick Fasciano. In my opinion, this was the most creative use of the logo in their album cover designs. Last, we've got Chicago 10, the candy bar. Chicago 10, to me, is the first really creative use of the logo. Before this album cover, there were some cool covers that had some intricate details, but I wouldn't call any of them exceptionally creative. With Chicago 10, they integrated the logo into a chocolate bar with the wrapper being torn back. I think it intentionally looks like a Hershey's bar package from this time period, so there would be a sense of familiarity in the public's eye. This is also a visual way of reinforcing the idea that they are as well-known or as common as America's favorite chocolate bar, and just as enjoyable to consume. The cover design was so successful, it won John Berger Grammy for Best Album Package. There are 34 other examples on how they took this rather simple logo and turned it into different album covers, so you should go check out the rest of the albums using the link below. Now, 
Take a minute and imagine the experiences created for the fans of the band. Most of these albums came out during the heyday of record albums and packaging, so when the band announced a new record was coming out, I'm sure there was some excitement around what would it look like. I can only imagine that on launch day, fans rushed out to their nearest record store to see the new cover. Also, this probably led to people keeping and collecting the albums as they came out. I'm sure this was a lot of fun for the designers too, having to come up with new and interesting ways to transform the logo, to tell something about the band or the songs or the overall theme of the album. These are the kinds of things that make me excited about creating album covers and visual identity pieces for bands and artists because there's truly no one right way to do it. So if you are a band or an artist listening today, what I think you should take away from the Chicago logo is how important it is to establish your brand. This logo was the visual identity piece that was key to reinforce the idea of the band, not the individuals. And they had the right creative team members that used it to create a unique experience for their fans. If you haven't established the branding for your band or are interested in creating some visual identity pieces to promote your band and music, this is where I can come in. I can take the pressure off your shoulders to create these pieces and you can focus on what you do best, creating music. Let me help you be seen, get your music heard, and let's create unique experiences for your fans to experience you and your music. So to wrap up this segment, what do you think of Chicago's use of their logo as their album covers? Which one of these is your favorite? Or did I miss one that I should have mentioned? Please let me know in the comments below. All right. On today's segment of Near Miss, I want to talk about a new project one that you probably didn't even know exists. The cover is for a project called Country Goes Metal. This project is headed by an old friend of mine, Ryan Hayes of Righteous Vendetta, and it's actually a really cool project that is reimagining some of country music's biggest hits as metal songs. I think I get the kitschy idea behind the album cover, but it's definitely not good. The, The main image on the cover is an emoji smiley face throwing up the rock fingers, and it's wearing a cowboy hat. Then you have the name Country Goes Metal. It's in two different fonts with country above our smiley cowboy, goes to the left, and metal in a different font below it. All of this is on a white background with a really thin stroke black box around it. And, you know, honestly, it just makes you giggle, especially when you think that it's also country songs done metal. I believed it was designed this way to give you a good laugh about the idea of the project because country and metal are two genres that you normally wouldn't associate going well together. Ryan, if you happen to be listening to this, I'm sorry, but please hit me up. I have some ideas on how to make this thing look as awesome as the music is. I do, however, highly recommend that you forgive the cover choice and go check out the project. So far, they have released two singles with an eight-song EP coming out March of this year. If you love country music, if you love metal music, or if you just love unusual mashups like me, you have to go check this out. Guys, that's it for this episode of the Judge by the Cover podcast. If you have any suggestions for album covers, both good or bad, leave me a suggestion in the comments below or reach out to me at info at jwcreates.com. Thanks again for checking out this podcast, and I promise we'll do this again very soon. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.